to the rest stop. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. The airport is a type of purgatory. Even if we're going with the idealized, love-actually type version, where love actually is all around, it's still pretty boring. No offense, Kira Knightley, you're still my all-time crush. Overpriced food, overpriced drinks, lots of waiting, cranky people snapping at other cranky people, the promise of being crammed into an uncomfortable seat with minimal legroom for hours, not my idea of fun. But the Denver International Airport? Now that's a different story. The DIA has been surrounded with conspiracy theories from the start. Originally slated to open in October 1993, design changes, contract disputes, and other setbacks pushed the opening to February of 1995. Shockingly, the final budget for the airport was around $3 billion more than originally expected. Could the added time and cost of the project mean that the airport had secrets to hide? Apparently, there are as many as six underground levels, and some theorize that tunnels exist all the way from the Colorado Springs Air Force Base to DIA and from the Air Force Base on to the Cheyenne Mountain Complex and the Rocky Mountains outside of Colorado Springs. A dedication plaque at the airport's south entrance dated March 19, 1994, contains a time capsule and bears the symbol of the Freemasons, as well as a reference to the New World Airport Commission. Some have taken this to mean that it has ties to the New World Order. That phrase, New World Order, has been around since at least the 1940s, when Woodrow Wilson used it to speak about his vision for international peace after the First World War. It came to refer to conspiracy theories in the late 50s and 60s. Right after World War II, the U.S. entered a period of widespread fear of national or foreign communists infiltrating society and the government. This was known as the Second Red Scare. During this time, agitators on the right also began to spread fears about the Freemasons, Illuminati, and Jews all being behind an international conspiracy. This all coalesced into the idea of a new world order, a secretive global elite dedicated to the eradication of the sovereignty of the world's nations, a shadow government seeking to create one global rule. This is also strongly tied to the Christian right specifically, and the idea that the book of Revelation talks about a single world government ruled by the Antichrist. Televangelist Pat Robertson wrote a 1991 New York Times bestseller called The New World Order. To quote from the Wikipedia page for it, Robertson purports to expose a behind-the-scenes establishment with enormous power controlling American policy, whose principal goal is the establishment of a one-world government where the control of money is in the hands of one or more privately owned but government-chartered central banks. This conspiracy includes such elements as the Illuminati, the New Age Movement, the Freemasons, the Council on Foreign Relations, and the Trilateral Commission. Robertson further claims that the rise of this one-world conspiracy is being guided by Satan to fulfill the predictions of premillennial Christian eschatology, viewing it as a sign that the end times are nearing. The word eschatology derives from two Greek roots, meaning last and study, and involves the study of end things, 
whether of the end of an individual life, the end of the age, or the end of the world. The Bible doesn't explicitly spell out a warning against a global government in that many words, but many biblical scholars have interpreted several chapters and verses to be warning against it as a sign of the end times. Here I'll be reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 18 say, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea, with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, for he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? And the beast was given a mouth, uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for forty-two months. It opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them, and authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation, and all who dwell on earth will worship it, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. The Second Beast Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence, and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people, and by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might even speak, and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. During my research, I ran across several articles warning about the possibility that the COVID-19 pandemic might lead to a global government, and I've also seen warnings that the vaccine is actually the mark of the beast. Honestly, if that's what it takes to have the pandemic end, then mark me up but I'd assume that they're not going to give me the vaccine on the right hand or the forehead, and it's not going to spell out 666. You know, I'm really glad that my knowledge of both the Left Behind and Left Behind the Kids book series is finally coming into play now that I'm 31. I read so many of them, and upon reflection, it might be where some of my general anxiety comes from.
The conspiracy theories about the Denver airport extend far beyond its construction and the dedication plaque and the New World Order, however. The airport is also home to some strange art, both inside and out. Two murals were commissioned while the airport was being built from local artist Leo Tanguma. Located in the east and west baggage claims outside of the Great Hall, each mural is split into two pieces separated by doorways. The first, titled In Peace and Harmony with Nature, is said to symbolize environmental destruction versus environmental healing. The first section of the mural shows burning trees in the background, animals trapped in glass cases, a girl lying in a coffin, and crying children fleeing the grim scene. In the second section of the mural, happy children and animals surround a plant. Of course, conspiracy theories specific to this mural have sprung up as well. A bird that's a central figure in the first section of the mural is a Quetzal bird, which can sometimes be used as an allegory for extinction. One of the main conspiracies surrounding the airport is that a mass extinction event will happen soon, and the airport was built as a sanctuary for a select few to survive. On the other side of the mural, the plant that all the children and animals are gathered around is seen as a symbol for the new world government that will arise after the extinction. The second mural, titled Children of the World Dream of Peace, shows a soldier wearing a gas mask while holding a gun and a sword in the midst of ruined buildings. Nearby, a child hides with a teddy bear and a crying woman holds a dead baby in her arms. In the second section of the mural, kids celebrate with the same soldier dead below them. One of the kids is gleefully destroying his sword with a hammer. Again, these are just like in an airport for you to look at while you're waiting for your bags. All of this brings us to Blucifer. Okay, officially the piece is titled Blue Mustang, but Blucifer is the name that best befits the blue and barbaric looking beast. Pardon my alliteration. The airport commissioned the piece of public art from artist Luis Jimenez, and it was installed outside of the airport in 2008. It's based on the eight-foot-high sculpture Mesteño, or Mustang, on display at the University of Oklahoma. Standing 32 feet tall, the giant bronco is captured mid-motion, rearing up on its hind legs with a wild look on its face. Most notably, its red eyes glow at night, in stark contrast to its vibrant blue body. While the LED floodlight eyes come off as demonic, they're actually a tribute to Jimenez's father. The artist was born in El Paso, Texas in 1940, and as a young child, he apprenticed at his father's neon sign shop. That's where he learned how to weld and paint. And his own horse, named Black Jack, was the inspiration for the final form of Blucifer. Once, when Jimenez was alone at night, he heard a noise in the living room and went to investigate, only to find a pair of eyes staring back at him. Though he was momentarily terrified that someone had broken into his home, he quickly realized that it was only his horse, Black Jack, who'd somehow gotten into the living room. I've posted photos of the sculpture on our Instagram account, and I encourage you to go look at them because this thing is really a sight to behold. Before the piece was even completed, however, tragedy struck. On June 13, 2006, a large section of the Blue Mustang fell on 65-year-old Jimenez and severed an artery in his leg. He died from the injury. 
At the time, he'd completed painting the head of the Mustang. The sculpture was finished with the help of his staff, family, and professional race car painters Camilo Nunez and Richard Lovato. Denver residents have raised concerns that the figure is cursed because of this accident, and also have just generally complained about how ugly they find it, with its open mouth, veiny face, and fierce expression. Of course, given all the end times theories swirling around the airport, I'd be remiss if I left out the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Lucifer's glowing red eyes are said to be a nod to the four horsemen, though Jimenez did say that the color was in honor of the wild spirit of the American West, in addition to being a tribute to his father. But to theorists, it's yet another piece of the giant puzzle that points toward a new world order and a convoluted web of conspiracy and secrets, all centered at the Denver International Airport. My parents live in Colorado Springs, so I've often flown into Denver to visit them. Whenever I pass by Blucifer, I stare in awe mixed with a bit of disgust. I thought I'd come out the other end of this episode having my dislike for the thing reaffirmed. But hearing his story, I think I've softened toward him. He can't help the way he looks, or the fact that he's been caught mid-action. Who really looks great when they're photographed mid-air, mouth open, charging forward? So really, he's not that scary. You just didn't expect to see him there. Like a horse in your living room in the middle of the night. Have you been to the Denver International Airport? Do you know more about it? Did I get something wrong? Email me at reststoppod, R-E-S-T-S-T-O-P-P-O-D, at gmail.com, and I might read your email on the next episode. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at reststoppod, R-E-S-T-S-T-O-P-P-O-D. And check back in two weeks for our next episode. We release every other Wednesday. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a good couple of weeks. Spirit